0: So you're part of the problem. Corporate structure today is literally modeled after the structure of like a plantation.
1: they are like, hey, this worked (laughs) before. No. Made us money. How about another round? I don't know when I'm going to get out, but I need to get out like right now. It's the American dream. Show it to me with the check. I don't know. It just makes me emotional. Like you are under investigation. (laughs) Let's
0: stop coming for the Irish overseers and go for the English masters. This
1: the calamity
0: welcome back to all
2: the calamity a podcast where we discuss all the calamity in the world and how we're surviving the chaos i'm your co-host Karis, and i'm joined by my two other co-hosts
0: zoe and kirsten
2: all right so what are we getting into today
0: well y'all have already seen the title of the episode corporate ghettos and why Your manager can catch these hands so you already know like i
2: hope i hope my manager is not listening to this
0: oh yeah actually i do i like my manager but
2: <laughs> we don't want to hit you in the face i
1: swear it's funny we but, actually posed like we were fighting i definitely all the had some
0: <laughs> some questionable managers yeah
1: well the T is i don't even have a manager right now because they quit and then the company won't pay someone to be a manager again and no one will take the the pay that they're giving so i am managerless and this is also an issue
0: Kiddo, oh, oh, oh,
1: be another country.
2: No, it's just America.
0: <laughs> no, I was about to say this, this is, is the most v- American. very thing. on yeah. brand. Yeah. No, it's it's a this song is you, on brand. I, <laughs> you know, song. I would like to say this because I think you know this is our sixth episode, and I think we're comfortable enough with you guys to like be honest and upfront on this podcast. I am tired. It has been a very challenging week, and we're not as prepared. Yeah. We're We're not as prepared for this episode as we should be. But we do have a lot to say, just like off the dome, about corporate culture because I worked in a corporate office for like three years. How long did we work there? Yeah. About three and a half years. I mean, that's not a a lot of time. I No, in millennial years, that's a lot. You multiply by 10. It's true. (laughs) That is very true. We basically were were up until retirement, basically. Exactly.
1: But on that note, I think one of the sad things about I remember working in corporate. This could be in any job though, but I remember like specifically so many times where we would get on the elevator and there would be like another employee like from a different department or something, but they would be like an older gentleman or an older lady, like maybe in their 60s. And they would just be like five more years, five more years, like basically referring to retirement. And it's like, wow, you've done this for like 35 years and, and, it be and it's now, just you been on this elevator for thirty-five time? years, and you're saying, like, "No, I, I can't remember imagine. getting on the
0: elevator and people talking about like wanting to end their lives. Like it was like just normal, openly, to, yeah. I escalated quickly. I know. Like
2: were they standing there, and like, man, I wish this elevator would just drop. Like that, uh, like you'd be like, okay, let me get off at the, right. the next. O- 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 obviously,
0: like not that exact phrase, but things to that effect. But they would be joking. I watched a video about this a while back, but like how our culture has normalized like joking about that sort of thing and not wanting to exist anymore and stuff like that. So people would be having almost like this lighthearted conversation about how much they hated their life, how much they hated working at this job, how they had to drag themselves there. And then they'd make the comments like, oh, five more years. I'm like, couldn't sounds in like a, a jail sentence, a prison sentence. Exactly. Like um, I, I when do you get yeah. out the slammer? Like, it's right. just like, oh my God. Yeah.
1: And I was also going to say, I feel like a lot of our episodes so far have in some way mentioned or talked about um, work life or like being in corporate in some way. And I think at first I was like, oh, maybe we're like kind of overdoing it. But then I realized it's like, No, because that is so much of people's lives and that was so much of our lives. And in a lot of ways, it still is so much of our lives. And so, yeah, like it takes up a lot of mind space. It affects our mood. It affects um, the trajectory of our lives. So it only makes sense to have so much to say about it.
0: And I think like there are almost two, like two elements of corporate that we're talking about. Like you have working in corporate, like you were working at a corporate office and then you have working for a corporation. Yeah. So like whether you work in retail, you work for some sort of like major franchise like you work, you know, you have a corporate office you answer to. Right. Um and I think I don't know if unless you work for a startup or like a a small business, you are affected by this every single day. Yeah. And I will say, though, when me and
1: Zoe specifically are, when we say when we worked in corporate, we're referring to a time that we worked in a corporate office, not just working for a corporation.
0: Because that's been our entire careers. We've worked for some sort of corporation.
1: Yeah. And I
2: feel like there's like a clear difference between me and Zoe and Kirsten in the sense of our work experience. So after college, this is the current job I have. I work for a music retail store. Y'all can figure out which one.
0: Oh, um, why are you putting your take business a guess. out there? Why are you y'all having people be trying Cara, to pull Cara up Cara on said you? guess. And I they're like, it. bet. Like, I we really, will I, guess.
2: I really don't care. Like, I don't care at all.
1: Anyway. Um, oh. mm. Okay. <laughs> but Kara um, said, y'all can catch these hands. <laughs> y'all try to pull up on me.
2: But no. So I've never worked at a corporate office or anything like that. And I have... Limited work experience in the sense of working for a company or someone else's business. So out of college this is kind of my first I don't like to say real work experience. I've done work, but my real workforce, like being a part of the general workforce in America.
1: So I just realized I don't mean to cut you off, Karis, but I just realized you're a manager. So you're part of the problem. <laughs> Shut up. No, I'm not. Okay. She thought to she was To make gonna... this clear, I wow, am a I low level that.
2: manager at my store, but not really. We're called store leads. So basically when the managers aren't there, okay, you're we're like a supervisor. supposed to be in charge. So we have like keys or whatever. But let's make something very clear. The way I, first of all, in in a couple ways, the way I operate as a store lead is very different than a lot of people and then also the story position is not as much um you're supposed to i feel like be more kind of like a. I i don't want to bring everything back to slavery like overseer the, yeah like an overseer sort of situation i'm not like that at all like period and like this we're, we're, we're not like that but
0: i'm so glad you said that because that actually touches on something i wanted to mention so i don't know how many of you have heard of the podcast series 1619 but there's an episode called uh it's actually episode two of the podcast series and it's called the economy that slavery built and it talks about how corporate structure today is literally modeled after the structure of like a plantation and slavery. And a lot of times like the slavery that we see in movies is very different from slavery in reality. So slavery would (laughs) have, I feel like it sounds so casual for me to keep saying slavery. Like I feel like there should be a more, I don't know, academic term, but slavery was more like a corporation the number of slaves that there would have been on like a major plantation, like some of these slaves would have never seen the quote unquote master in the same way that like in a corporate structure, you don't just see the CEO. The CEO. Yeah. Like it was literally modeled in that same way. And overseers are just managers. Like that's literally the, sh- it's the same exact structure. They didn't change anything.
2: They're like, hey, this worked <laughs> before. No, let's, made uh, us money. let's uh, do it again. <laughs> <They're> <laughs> How like, about another round? <laughs> like
0: they're like, let's not we'll make it a little the more little. Uh,
2: social justice or like, you know, that fake sort of like, we care. <laughs>
0: they Said if it let's ain't broke, let's send a mass
2: email. Oh. Sorry, I'm sorry. i a lot of things are You're, coming through my head. You right have now. a lot of
0: energy this morning. I do, I do. But Actually, they said if it ain't broke, Don't do not fix, fix it. it. This worked for us in the past. Let's just like not call it slavery. Let's pay them a little bit this time so they can't, you know, complain. They won't revolt, they, they won't, matter. right. Ew, don't say that word now <laughs> right um my manager might be listening but <laughs> me again fired. this like plays into like the episode previously where i talked about this and like us expanding our idea of slavery and no it's not the same form of slavery it's not as extreme but it's the same model it's the same model but yeah sorry tangent over <laughs> go ahead yeah no
2: i mean it's just the whole culture of it Clearly, like we have in our notes, like saying that's manipulative and toxic and everything. And the whole structure of working really hard for someone else's benefit. It's just like, I'm I'm not I'm so tired of it. I don't know when I'm going to get out, but I need to get out like right now. Like I just I'm like that is so aggravating because we make such a a small percentage of the money that we generate for somebody else. And it's like unless you're going to pay me fairly this just isn't worth it especially as people as all three of us being artists when we would love to be able to make a living off of the art that we create mm-hmm. and not have to supplement like by having a nine to five job so that we can afford to do the things yeah, that we actually that was the love doing word,
1: supplement but i i want to take the pay off the table. Cause I know we have talked about that before, like not getting paid enough, like living a living wage or whatever, but it, let's say, cause you know, for a lot of people, especially when you work in corporate offices and for certain companies, or if you're higher up, you know, you are getting paid pretty well, yeah. like relatively, um, especially to afford a really nice lifestyle. Like that's part of what makes it attractive. Right. right. So let's imagine that that is the case for most people. Um, how do we still feel about corporate culture? And Karis mentioned the words manipulative and toxic. What have been, I guess I'm referring to Zoe more so, like what have been your experiences with that? And I guess also if you want to mention any any good aspects of it, because I know we haven't touched on that at all, but do you feel like there are any at Mm. all?
0: Here's the thing, I'm sure there are. Like I think, you know, it feels good to go into a job where you aren't like kind of crushed by the weight of like so much responsibility and that as much as we like to like hate on our managers and that sort of thing, at the end of the day you have someone or something to complain about and all of the weight doesn't fall on you. Say like if you're an entrepreneur, everything is your responsibility. Like you don't really have anyone to blame, but yourself like if you, you're not on top of things, or if you're not organized. But I think working within a corporate structure, it does give us more room to complain. I I know that that actually doesn't sound like a positive, but I think for a lot of people, they don't realize that aspect, aspect until they're out of it. Like Um, there are other checks and
1: balances. Like you have an HR department, like whether or not they're functioning
0: correctly, like everything. Which can be super frustrating when they're not. And a lot of times they're not, but it still takes that weight of responsibility off of your shoulder where you feel justified in being upset about something or you feel justified in your frustration. But yeah, that being said, I think there's also just having structure in general. That can be nice. That to me is is a good thing, you know, coming into work. Those are aspects that I think can can be nice. And I think like if someone is ever thinking about quitting, that can be scary, like realizing, oh wait, I'm not gonna have the same structure anymore. Like I'm not gonna go in and just know, okay, this is my job, I go in, I do my job, I leave, right? But I think some major <laughs> negatives that i notice working in corporate even with the people because there are some people who have fully bought in and they're like i'm into this corporate life this is for me um i'm promoting this and i feel bad but you know that person who is just so annoying because they act like everyone's supposed to love this as much as they do and it's like girl don't nobody want to be here why you (laughs) anyway Like I'm not talking about people who are intentionally avoiding work or anything like that, but just everyone's not going to have that same enthusiasm. But what I've noticed, even with those people, is that I think the major problem I see with corporate is how it detaches people from the fruits of their labor and the impact of their labor and what's really taking place. Like, for instance, if you work in a community and you're, say, a farmer and you supply food to your community, you can see the direct impact of the work that you do every day. If you are a, I don't know what the word modern word would be, but like a carpenter, like you make furniture, you own a furniture store. You build houses. Yeah, or something like that, where, but it's like community-based, it's like lo, a local business. You can see every day the impact you have on your community and people who, use your product and how it affects their lives. Like you can directly see that every day. When you work for a corporation though, there's just so many like levels to that. And it's so big that most people don't see the direct impact of their work. And I think that is something, I think that's just important to the human spirit. And even if people don't realize that for themselves, I think it impacts them.
1: Here's the thing, though. Even if the employees don't realize that themselves or like the non-management employees don't realize it, oh, the managers realize it because then they hit you with the "We're
0: all in this oh, yeah. together." Da, 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 like for real, they though. try to generate that in a yeah. way that's so Unnatural, inauthentic. Yeah. yeah,
1: that makes
2: me more upset. Right. Then I, re- I'm like, it's like stop it's trying like, to like, no, pretend this is meaningful this work. Together. This is not. It's not. Stop <laughs> trying to relate this to like sports and be like. We're a team and we're trying let's, to get to the championship. Shut up. Let's hustle, please. guys. Like, no, thank you. Why would I do that? And it's it's very aggravating because I am, I think we touched on this in a previous episode, uh, but I am a hardworking person yeah. who puts a lot of extra effort into my job, not because of the job itself, So it becomes more of a, I'm not going to let the people I am working with down. And it's not due to trying to climb up in the company or to fulfill, like, the standards that are, like, are told to us from our managers, our regional managers, blah, blah, blah. Like, I work hard at my job because I don't want to let down my coworkers that are in the same circle as me. Like... I'm going to work hard so that their jobs aren't as difficult because I know they're dealing with the same crap. So when I go to work and I pick up extra things to do and like fill gaps or, you know, make sure certain things are getting done, managers see that though and they're like, see, they're, they've are they bought in. They're doing this. I'm like, this isn't about you. I'm not doing this because you said these are numbers we have to fill. Like, I do extra work because of the crap that we have to deal with as kind of the slightly lower level employees. And I want to make sure that when they come to work, their jobs aren't even more difficult. So I clean up messes that I don't have to clean up. I, I'm i not talking about, like, <laughs> physical messes. Well, that too. But I, I'm not cleaning the bathroom. But I'm talking about, like, you know, things people might have messed up with. Customer situations, bad communication between this, that, and the other. And I try to fix it or resolve it because I'm like, I know how this freaking system works and these things will not get resolved. And then super big issues that then some random employee has to fix because we let it spiral. But yeah, it's just like that part of working for a corporate business is super aggravating because they want to highlight you as some sort of mold of Mm -hmm. a employee and be like, everyone should be doing this. Everyone Mm -hmm. should be doing that as if I'm somebody who sees this company as like something I feel ownership in when I don't. And it's like are y'all have a, a marble loop I don't know the phrase, but like, you know, are is someone not clicking? I'm not doing this because I love this company. I'm doing this because I'm a decent human being. Like And they take advantage And then they of that. take advantage of that. It's it's ridiculous.
0: But Karis, what you described I think is the perfect example of what people need to feel meaningful in a job because you, instead of focusing on all of these metrics and these things that corporate highlights is important, you took the community around you, your coworkers, and you're like, I care about these people. I'm gonna do my job in a way that I can see the direct impact on the people around me. And even if that, that includes the customers you interact with, But you're working from a place where, like, you need to find meaning in what it is that you're doing. And so, focusing on, like, just the metrics and those, like, kind of empty things isn't your goal. And so, you work harder so you can input meaning into something that was not intended to be meaningful. And I think Kirsten and I did the same thing in every job that we've been in, where we kind of took ownership of our own situation and try to basically take meaning out of like every job that we were in and make sure we were making a good impact where we could. So. Yeah,
1: that's true. And then also going back to some things that we kind of mentioned earlier is the idea that one of the good things about working in a corporate environment is the lack of feeling like everything's on you are feeling super invested having to feel invested in the company because, you know, if you are like you're a business owner or an entrepreneur or a creative in any way, and once you get in into that world and then are trying to make money through those avenues, you realize how much because you care about what you're doing, it actually makes it hard, almost harder because now you're working in this system that is still because about hul- money. hustle culture didn't go away yeah.
0: capitalism didn't go away but now
1: you are struggling because you have you feel like you almost have to choose like yeah. between your whether that's ethics or whether that's literally just the product and like the quality the time it takes to be an artist like all of those things are conflicting with basically making money and another thing I wanted to say is that when we talk about like impact and seeing the impact on like people around you and like your your community and how that could help you feel purposeful, you know, again bringing it all back to money, you know, a lot of people feel that impact is when that um, direct deposit hits their bank account. That's that impact, right? Check. And you know, that's while, so sad to me. While though. I could sit here and judge people for that like in some ways I get it like especially if the world is built around like the thing whether first of all you have to buy your time right you know so you have to buy a a stable you know a stable life basically a life where you feel secure especially if if you have a family you know if you do want luxury things if you do want to experience you know like I said traveling you know those things cost money so I get how for some people it can be a motivator. It's just unfortunate. Yeah, I don't some judge people... people for that. I do judge people who are ruthless and, yeah, yeah. you know,
0: uh, in the way that they go about it and are stepping on people. Cuz some people believe money buys everything. Like, I mean, I I know you've encountered these people. But you know you there's like that person in your place of work who thinks money is an incentive for everything yeah like no i don't want to work christmas but you get right. paid double and it's yeah. like i have i have a family you I know i'd rather <laughs> be at home right it's like but they, they're they like but the money though but but, but the my money. mental health though right right but <laughs> my Most <my laughs> people i'm not gonna lie it's like i get how people get to that place but they scare me yeah i'm like dude like you really think money's everything i don't think
1: we've used this word yet maybe maybe in the first episode i don't know but it's the american dream like this idea of climbing a ladder the opportunity and you have to go seize this opportunity that's what that is and i feel like it's it is scary for some people who have like sold their souls basically to this american dream i'm sorry y'all i do not buy the american dream the american dream was not for me i do not want it like it wasn't built for me i have dreams but they're not american okay that was a word (laughs) You know you messed
2: it up with your own your own validation of the you could have let somebody else
0: snaps. say it.
2: <laughs> Yeah, my dreams are in Switzerland. Oh my god, you too?
0: Yo, the Swiss Alps. I mean, I would just
2: like everybody that listens to this podcast know uh, this has to do with a discussion I was having with coworkers before, but we were talking about beach living on the beach and stuff like that and water and all that. That's not for me. I want to live in the mountains. Like oh, so give me a a, give person. me a mountain sure Zoe. In a freaking cabin. That's where both. I want to live.
0: Both. Why Why can't we have both? I mean, I, I picked the I, desert. I literally don't. Oh know my God. God. I'm joking. <laughs> I actually don't know. I want to live Paris, in a desert. Paris, you're outdoors. saying that, but why think about the scary. beaches that exist. Like,
2: Yeah, no, I'm saying the Paris be- like beaches don't interest me.
0: Oh. In Even
2: sea. if like, I might like to But there visit, are a man beach. I might like to like, visit a beach randomly. And be like, oh yeah, this is pretty. But like, that's not something I'm
1: like, oh yeah, I'd want a house. Actually, I think that back. I like, cities I like bring me to Dubai
0: again don't I they say have we can have it all like
1: yeah no <laughs> beaches, I said that actually, mountains I kind of take I love cities like cities are a vibe but yeah I do obviously enjoy nature like yeah, no, you know we love
0: pray. I love a good concrete jungle every now and again yeah.
1: it's a balance it's a
0: balance it's a lifestyle Why do we have to choose?
2: <laughs> I want a cabin in the woods and not like that movie
0: we're so clearly
1: sleep deprived today um I was going to say on that note, but it's not on that There's note. no note. I'm just going to jump <laughs> in somewhere else. The note was else. eek! That was the <laughs> note. <right>? Okay. <laughs> Moving forward. Um, I Obviously, the episode is... What is the episode title?
2: Corporate ghettos and why are you managing? Catch, Catch these these hands. hands. Okay.
1: So managers. Um, we haven't really talked too, too much in detail about like our management experiences. Oh, yeah. But we can maybe get into that if we have any stories. But I know... Being in a corporate setting, everyone knows about the corporate emails. It's all over Twitter, guys. Oh my god! So I just wanted to like kind of I talk screenshot about some, mine by the way. Yeah, I know. Same. <laughs> like talk about some of those like really funny like ways that you're basically telling people off, and but in corporate language. Yeah. So obviously, like. You can, for instance, if you're sending an email and it's to someone specific, but then like you CC someone instead of like blind copying them. Like that's one way you can kind of like be messy using terms like let's circle back later. That's just basically saying like you're wasting my time. Like Mm -hmm. I'm not coming back to this. I'm trying to think of other things. Uh, Obviously, as per my previous email, that's the big one.
0: I've I've basically I'm going to say something depending on who's listening, you might be a little offended, but it's just the truth. Corporate culture is white culture. Oh yeah, It's passive aggressive. And that's something I've noticed, unfortunately, that is more predominant in white culture. I feel like, don't get me wrong, there are passive aggressive black people, there are petty black people, messy black people, they exist. But I think in a general sense, as a culture, like we're a lot more straightforward. We tell people what we think about something. And I find that black people in corporate settings tend to feel way more stifled because there's Mm -hmm. this expectation you can't be real. You can't just say things like how they are. You can't call out the obvious. And when I've been in all black settings or even in corporate environments, but say it happens to be a room and we're all black, that film is just kind of lifted. And I feel like we can finally say what needs to be said. But corporate culture is white culture. And it's like- You know what,
1: why did, oh, this is gonna uh, cause maybe- Say it it with your chest. We are just saying that. (laughs) But the problem is, I think, you know, you mentioned passive aggressive, but I think partially it's because a lot of minorities have had to develop very thick skin and a lot of white people in many ways haven't in certain areas. So like they can't take you just saying it how it is or like being really upfront, whereas it's like black people will do that to each other. And it's all good. And it's fine. Like, you know what? It doesn't mean I don't like you. It doesn't mean I'm even coming for you. Like, it just is what it is. Like, I'm just telling it to you straight. And I don't know. Like, I'm not in white households, but I don't feel like, I just don't feel like that is there because if they are being, I'm trying to think of a better word, but if they are being really straightforward or like kind of rude about something, that usually means they, Don't like you or they are being mean on purpose. On purpose, yes. You know what the
2: other thing is? And this is a little bit darker. I think historically, I don't have actual information to back (laughs) this up, just so you know. But it's just kind of a a perception. Historically, certain white people knew they couldn't just be out here saying things. (laughs) Because these are the same groups of white people that would be putting hits out on you and getting rid of you very quickly. Especially if we're talking about, like, these huge business spaces. Oh, you're talking about, like, mafia. I'm not even just talking about... You say that, but this isn't just, like, the mob. I'm talking about white corporations. Like, you couldn't just be outspoken about what you really thought. Yo. You had to play a certain role because they would be... They would cut you so quick. Like, back. White people. Yes. yes, like, you would get cut so quick. you get cut down. But like, that
0: goes back like, to Europe. That's Have what you I'm ever talking watched, about. Like, those... They, like, they
2: have poison in your soup the next morning. In you your porridge, in your chalice. You can't just be talking, por- talking. The lips of the
0: chalice are poisoned. Like they was calling upon them witches to like do spells and stuff. Like, <laughs> but no, like if you've ever watched like, movies, like <laughs> wait,
1: wait.
0: I don't know, I've actually never seen The Crown. I- I've seen a couple episodes, but like that kind of like we don't, we're not direct about anything. We just, like you said, like we just get rid of people or they like disappear and no one knows what Mm happened? Like, I don't know what that is, but it's like people just tell you what it is. Like, you know, I think of even like roasting culture in our community, which is kind of problematic. We can talk about that. But I think that came from us trying to toughen each other up before we had to go out in the Mm -hmm. world. And it's like, let me kind of. And then you use humor exactly. So well. no one I mean, can, because then no one can hurt you. Right. Like that's the idea yeah. anyway. Yeah, because
1: it's it's a lot to unpack. So I feel like even when within Black culture, like even if you are being. What others would see as like being very abrasive, there is still such a warmth to our culture that it, yeah. in a way, it does balance out. And and I feel like not all the time, obviously, but in a lot of ways, we almost do it out of love. Even yes. like what Zoe said, even if it's literally just with the subconscious mindset, I have to toughen you up before the world does. You'd rather, I basically like, but what your parents say when they whip you, like yeah. it's better I do it than you not be disciplined and then go out in the world and have to have someone else do it in a different way. You know what I mean?
0: But have you ever like met those like older black women who like, they'll be like, I don't know, like say like a white girl who like meets her or whatever. And she's like, oh my God, she doesn't like me or like she hates me. And like, she's so, and it's like, you're like, does she though? Like she's not done anything to you that, And it's like, I think we have a sense of being able to tell when someone's just kind of tough on the outside, but they're like a really sweet person on the inside. Just like, because culturally it's like, we just say things like, I've known multiple black women like that in corporate settings who kind of rub people the wrong way. But I'm like, oh, exhibit A is like an older black woman I worked with at a hotel. And I remember we had a new employee and she was white and she was like, oh my God, I think like she hates me. And it's like, oh no, like that's just how she talks. Like that's just, you know. And like you get to know her and realize she's like really sweet and she just wants the best for you. Like she has no ill feelings, but if we're like rushed or she's just gonna say things like say it how it is, like it's not personal. But yeah, that that type of thing does not fly over well in corporate culture. You have to find little passive aggressive ways to say what you really wanna say. And
2: to like put people down passive aggressively so that they yeah. don't put but, the hit out on you.
0: But the, the thing is when management does it, it's so frustrating because it's like, I can't just be real back. It's like you're being passive aggressive in how you're approaching the situation and it's having a real impact on my life and my mental health. But I can't just out and come out and just say, What needs to be said and then when you do they don't like it and they you know dance around what you just said like a politician and they don't even address it directly it's just and with corporate culture like I feel like this there's also this underlying PC culture as well and I wish we would just call it what it is PC culture is just an extension of white corporate culture of like We'll have all of these underlying offensive beliefs, but as long as we say the right things and put it in the right way and avoid talking about this, then it's okay. And it's like, no, honestly, I feel like black people respect you more if you're just real. Like if you racist, just say that. Like I then we can go our separate ways or whatever. Trump
2: versus Biden. <clears throat> Ooh, let's.
0: Are oh, like, no, we no, it's no, it's no, too too not no, to no, no, into this? Yeah, ah! but like, we'll talk about I'm, it. Here. I'm going to be honest. Like, I would rather know what I'm dealing with. Yeah. Like, I don't want you to pretend to care about me and pretend that it's all this because then it makes it harder for me to call you out. If you're just real, then we can actually have a conversation or realize, hey, you know what? A conversation's not even going to be productive because you're you don't really. I would rather that than someone who pretends to care, pretends to want all the time. pretends to want a conversation. We have the conversation, go through all that emotional labor and then you don't change. Just be real. And honestly, you'll find the white people that black people kind of embrace more as a community or I'll be like, "You know what? He's all right." Yeah, Is the people like who are sounds, real. Right. You don't have to you don't you know have to those are? participate in black. you don't be, have to be ultra black and like act like right. you like all these black things. You can be the corniest white person ever, but if you are yourself and you're real and you're honest and we don't have to like Guess. do all this guesswork about who you are. are this is why black, black, black people, people like mess
2: you. with gingers. I'm sorry, yeah, I just had okay, to add that, that in. That's, that's like, enough. Yes. Look, because gingers have to learn to just be themselves because even the white people, are not disregarding them. I, I'm here for y'all, okay? I'm <laughs> 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 here for y'all. Put that in the clip, in a snippet. I'm here they for said, the gingers. They said when
0: you're allergic to the sun, you can't pretend not to be white, like. We are really? who we are. Okay. <laughs> so going to the say it ain't so. Somebody. <laughs> All right, guys. So you already know this is a segment we like to call say it ain't so. And in this segment, one of us will have to share a story of something egregious that has happened to us, a friend or a loved one. But the fun doesn't end there. We raise the stakes by keeping a leaderboard of the wildest story week after week, and at the end of the season, we'll choose the winning story. So make sure to tune in each week to find out if this week's story will hold its lead. But without further ado, let's introduce this week's story. Kirsten?
1: All right, guys, so it's Kirsten, and today I have the saying, so story. So this story is, I think it was 2019. Once again, I think my last story was in 2019, but I was working in finance. Okay. I was doing, I would say pretty well for myself. I had, I would like to think I had the respect of my, my coworkers, my managers, um, in my position. And because of that, um, in my position, I was somewhat, yeah, promoted. I would say promoted. Okay. So it was a good time for me in terms of like feeling valuable to the company in some way. And because of that, because I I had been doing well, um, I was being trained for basically taking on another responsibility. So basically, I guess I should explain what my actual job was. So I was in the annuity department and I was there to help advisors and clients go over their annuities with the company's products okay so there's a lot of moving parts to annuities i'm not sure if anyone is familiar but i won't bore you guys with the details but basically by being promoted i was now i had to take on different areas of annuities and also talk to their top financial advisors so their advisors who made a lot of money for the company okay so in this training they're going over some new things that i needed to learn i was like this is great i feel amazing like i was like okay one thing that I like to do is, you know, take the information that I'm given, whether that was even in previous trainings, take it home, study it. You know, I want to be on top of the things that I'm learning. I want to show that I, I care a little bit. You know, that's just the type of person that I am. I w- That's who I am. I was going to do that anyway. So in true Kirsten fashion, I guess, I was like, okay, there was one thing that the guy who was training me one-on-one, he was going over. There's a lot of numbers involved. It's math. It's, you know, it's money, it's percentages and stuff like that. So I was like, I didn't really fully understand this concept that he was going over with me. So I was like, bet, let me just take that home real quick. You know, instead of staying late, I'm going to take it home and study it. Well, again, we're dealing with finances here. We're dealing with contracts. So he uses real like people's contracts to go over examples that's you know that's kind of the easiest way to do it if you're looking at something that's actually real it's it's better training you for you know what's to come so we have to listen to recordings of calls right of calls that go on where people are explaining our products to the advisors are going over things with the advisors so he sent me this call and this is random, but for whatever reason, I did not have my headphones at work, like my headset connected to the computer where I could like listen to things through the headphones, like listen to audio. So I was like, I didn't want to have the audio playing um, just at my desk. So instead of figuring out a way to connect my headphones, I was like, again, I'll just take it home and I'll listen to it and I'll study it and I'll be great for when I come back the next day. Right. I was like, they're gonna be so proud of me. It's gonna be amazing. (laughs) Um, And let me just say there was a lot. I won't say there was a lot riding on this, but a lot of people had put in good words for me, like management to get me to this position, so to speak. And so there was just a lot of people knew um, that I was getting promoted and they had Again spoken very highly of me Which you know very thankful for So I send this audio To my Personal email address Okay Um, Mm -hmm. Zoe remembers this time She remembers this time So I, I don't think Anything of it guys So I get home I listen to it I study it's great The next day I go into work I, I feel good because I'm like, now I understand the concept. I don't feel behind. I log into my desk, do-do-do-do-do, type in my passwords, everything, go into my email. You are under investigation. <laughs> <laughs> this is the moment Kirsten knew she had fucked up. So I'm sitting there. My manager sits behind me, right? Like, almost directly behind me. I kid you not like a tear almost just I feel like I'm having a panic attack because me and Zoe have kind of talked about this before actually all three of us but the way we are perceived like in a work setting I don't know why it's just very important to us like we've been trying to break the chains but yeah so I think that was it was a moment where I was like oh my god I'm in trouble I I hate being in trouble guys I really really do and I was like oh my god I'm under investigation. Like it was a legit email, like red letters. Like it was a, a company head. It was like the compliance department. It was, everyone was involved. Everyone was CC'd. I was like, they all know, they all know. <laughs> oh like, and it wasn't clear. Like at first I didn't even know what was going on. Um, And I was like, oh my God, I read the email further and it was like, I sent this email to myself of a recording of a top, I think this was a a recording of a client or no, it was a recording of a top advisor though, going over a client's contract. It had the contract numbers. It had the clients, all their personal information that he talks about. Cause on the phone call, you have to like verify the person's information. So all this personal information, we're talking money, all the money they have in their account, what they're going to do with it. We're talking death claims. We're talking, it was just, I think a social might've been involved, and now I had I had sent that to myself in a personal email. Again, contract numbers, I can access those things now. Like, that is not okay. For whatever reason, I just, I wasn't thinking. Like, I literally was not thinking. And so I remember as I'm sitting there, tears <laughs> almost falling from my, I, I just, my supervisor, not my manager, but my supervisor came over and he was just like, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> he was like, I know that you're probably freaking out, but it's okay. okay. <laughs> like, I just felt so embarrassed. Like, I didn't even know how to explain myself. And then to have to, like, the guy who was training me, I just, I know he was thinking, like, what is wrong with this But girl? I think it
0: speaks to your character that they... Automatically assumed You just did it mistakenly And weren't thinking about Like they didn't assume Like oh she sent this to herself Because she plans to to rob Rob. here's the thing
1: Like obviously my immediate My immediate manager My supervisor Yeah they knew But the people Because to explain My position a little bit more Not my position But how this is set up Like we have an office Where in the state That I live in right But then there Is another corporate office In like New Jersey So they were communicating to the people in New Jersey about me. And that's basically I was getting a position because it's over the phone. Like you can do it from anywhere. So I was being promoted to our my new managers were managers now in New Jersey. So it right. wasn't my immediate managers. And so these people don't know as much about me. They don't know. They're just like, OK, they were. This girl was recommended. And she, the first thing she going to do is be sitting in Yeah. <laughs> It was it was a whole ordeal it was so embarrassing um and yeah i will i knew like after that i was like okay i'm not studying at home anymore <laughs> it's just work it was stays not at work. worth it it was yeah work stays at work it was not worth it but yeah so i did have to go through the investigation um they had to call ask me questions i had to get this whole document um notarized, notarized. it was it was a thing um i was like suspended it was yeah, so um, that's my saying So for this week, obviously it did technically end well, I guess. I just, I had to go through the investigation process, but it was a lesson in honestly just me regulating my emotions in terms of feeling like, you know, like not being perceived in a particular light, making a mistake, like, oh my God, you made a mistake. It's not the end of the world, literally. So even when you're under federal investigation it wasn't federal, it wasn't but federal. <laughs> you know what i mean it felt like it was federal um but yeah so that's my stating so i just imagine gang.
0: your your manager coming to be like all right so the feds are involved now <laughs> right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> all right y'all so welcome back to our main topic of the podcast i want to get into something can we call out and talk about these crusty ass- CEOs of these companies like it's time for they're Show your has, face.
0: <laughs> or <laughs> Their reckoning is or here. Don't, or don't. Or yeah. don't. Yeah. No, they it. all look like robots. Stop. Why they all oh, look like the that? Same. I'm convinced someone has actually perfected <laughs> cloning. They're all There's clones sim of each characters. other.
2: characters. Someone made they're, they're literally like sim characters. Every time I <laughs> no, see No, it's one Mark it's Zuckerberg one white man <laughs>
0: who has cloned himself. Yeah. But no, this one white man, he's found a way to clone himself and like let's look into it because why they all look alike
1: get into it yeah (laughs) (laughs) but you know because yeah we're bringing it up higher because we've we've talked a little bit about managers but honestly we're giving managers a hard time it's the ceos guys it's the ceos y'all started this freaking company you know again they're talking to the managers like we're all in this but no it's the CEO is at They're the top. They're not even talking yeah. to the managers. Let's Stop coming yeah. for
0: the Irish overseers stop. and go for the English masters. Stop. This, I know.
2: Right. <laughs> Look, hey.
0: but on a Get real note, it, yeah, these overseers um, ain't either, but they might not be so ain't if it weren't for the CEO. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, the Let the me stop. Overseer- out of here.
2: Overseers have bought into a system that says, this is how you can survive. The same because when we really, the overseers are getting messed over too, but they're just a little bit over whatever, whoever they get to brutalize. The difference is the
0: overseers have bought into the lie. Everyone else is too, doesn't benefit enough from the system to buy yeah. into it. The overseers benefit just enough to buy in, but they're and suffering too. Yeah.
1: Agreed. But, you know, I guess let's flip this because. I think, I won't say it's easier said than done, whether that's being a manager, being a CEO. I think when you're on the outside looking in, I think it is very, easy. now obviously there is evil. There is people with horrible intentions. There is um, people who make money into a God. There's all of that stuff. So I'm not discrediting that. But I do think it is a lot easier to judge how, how people go about things and and businesses when you're not having to do it yourself and things that you assume that, Oh, obviously they should do it this way or they should have, you know, done this instead until you're put in that position. So I feel like people, instead of doing so much, like, whether that's complaining, I know that's kind of a thing, obviously, in, in these companies we do, we sit around, we complain, you know, at the water cooler or whatever, but you know, as a, business owner myself, basically. Um, I always I don't know why I feel like I always have to like diminish
0: it. But I mean Well no. I think the difference is like because we don't have employees, yeah, it true. feels like sometimes when you say business owner, you think it gives a certain image like that right. you have a small business with employees, but yeah. we're like sole proprietorships basically. Exactly.
1: But yeah, but when you if you become a business owner or even myself as a business owner, like I feel like we are not putting enough effort as a society into solution. So we're not thinking, well, what would what would you do if you were given that opportunity? How would you be different if you were a CEO? Because there's only really been one model that's really, you know, that most people see. So we don't even know how to go about it differently. Like how do you, you know, in a world where we live and we've talked about this already, but like if you live in a world that is money is basically how it makes everything go round, unfortunately, how do you then work through that and be ethical? How do you work through that and, you know, focus on mental health? How do you say, okay, yeah, profit is something that I may need to to live, but at the same time, I'm not willing to sacrifice this. And then how do we balance that so that it's actually sustainable? Because, you know, I've said before to myself, like a part of the issue with you know, working for corporations or working in a corporate setting, is it's just so, I feel like it's not sustainable. You get burned out very easily. But even if you become a business owner, even if you're doing something that you love, you know, how do you make that sustainable? Even on a in a profit way, not in, because when I'm talking about corporate, a lot of times I'm like mentally and emotionally and spiritually and all that stuff, so that it's not sustainable in that way. But how do you make your for lack of a better word, like your passion projects, how do you make those things sustainable so that you don't have to supplement like we talked about much earlier? Like, I know Zoe, we've had this conversation, but like, how do you think
0: you would be different as a CEO versus what you've seen modeled? I feel like that's such a good question, but if I'm being honest, I'd have to say like, I'm still in the process of figuring that out, which is part of why like, Even if I was in the position right now to hire employees, I wouldn't because I don't think that I would be different enough in all the ways that I'd want to be. It is truly a learning process. And it's hard because we are still in this system. Even like once you leave a corporate environment, like we still live within like a capitalist society. And I just want to say this really quick. It's a little bit off topic. I know we rag on like capitalism a lot or talk about capitalism as though it's like the ultimate evil, but our dad is actually a financial advisor and he has a master's in economics. So he has talked to us a lot about like the different, you know, the big three, as you know, you might call it capitalism, socialism, communism. And the problem with each of these things is that they are corruptible. Um, And a lot of times people who function with within like one of those systems might want to take the ideal example of like their system and compare it to the corrupted version of another. But the problem with all of these systems is that they can be corrupted. So we're talking about capitalism, late stage capitalism that is fully corrupted. So, um, I just wanted to make that clear, but the problem is like, we're still in that system, even if we're working for ourselves. And so for me, like I'm honestly, I'm still figuring that out. Yeah.
2: I would like to refer to a story that um, I think all of us have seen. I know me and Zoe have, but basically there is, there was a a guy who started a company was making a lot of money and he made the decision to pay all of his employees basically equally so that they all got paid a living wage and he cut his, his earnings a lot, right? So that they're all basically at on the same uh, level, And people told him he was crazy and that his company would fail. And for a second, it started to. But then they have now since become like the most profitable they have been. The employees are much happier. They all feel much more invested in the company. And it's given them all the ability to live a better life because they're all getting paid fairly, right? And I think the fear always is, especially in the American culture, but I think this is worldwide even to an extent, is that if you don't go out, this idea of going out and get it for yourself, you are never going to be able to obtain the dreams that you had or have, right? So, like, the CEO of that company specifically, he did have a dream. He wanted a certain car, right? Just, you know, a random thing he wanted. And he realized he wasn't going to be able to do that, like, with the amount of money he was now making. And guess what happened? His employees pitched in as a gift to him and paid for that car. Like, they bought him that car. Mm. So he didn't even have to worry about it. And it's, I feel like it's of, a full
1: circle. Moment, exactly. Yeah. Because and one of my that's favorite, a true meaning of, we're all. Exactly.
2: Absolutely. One of my favorite parts of that story, though, was that uh, when COVID happened during that stage, their company took a big hit. And so the CEO asked the employees if they were okay with taking a pay cut. Right. And of course, he was taking one as well. Wasn't like, hey, can you all take a pay cut and I keep making money like they all took a pay cut. Right. And so the employees were like, okay, yeah, we could like because of the way they had changed the company, they knew this was necessary. After they started making money again, he paid them back all that money that they lost out during that time in full. So it wasn't like, thank you all for taking that pay cut. Let's just give it like no, like. That is so much integrity and that makes you realize, no, he cares. I I feel valued here at this job. That is what working should be like. If you you own a company, profit should not be king in that way. Yes, you need to make a profit. You're a business. Like that makes sense. But if you have to make a profit by devaluing the people who work for you by giving them Just the bare minimum so that you can make millions of dollars uh, not listening to their concerns, not listening to what they're telling you is making the work environment so poor for them. And then you just send them mass emails and do these fake things to be like, we're into this together and we're a team and the joy of what you get to do and making people's lives better and all that BS. Like, show it to me with a check. Like, money isn't love, but in this scenario... It kind of is. Put your in money a way. Where your mouth is. Yeah. Like put your money where your mouth is. Like if you're going to say all that crap, I should be able to live. Most people who work these jobs do not make a livable wage alone with that job. And they're in debt. So it's just like.
1: That's another story. Yeah. But put, I to up, story put up I or shut up. Say. That's it.
0: Oh, I was just, I was going to say, I think the beauty of that and what we could see in the video, like when they interviewed these people, they were so willing to take that pay cut. Like, It wasn't just like, okay, you know, we'll do it. It was like, of course we will do this. And I think that speaks a lot to their company culture. And what I would also say with them pitching in to buy uh, the CEO like his dream car because they knew he could never afford it on his own. I think this uh, ties back into something that our dad has always taught us as someone who works with money every day. Love is a currency. If you believe in God, And that the world is meant to function in a certain way. Like I believe like our currency is meant to actually be love. And so when there is love in the world, you don't have to worry about where your next meal is coming from. You don't have to worry about like- If you'll have shelter. If you'll have shelter, because there's enough love that people are gonna see to it that those who can't do for themselves get taken care of. In a loving community, people support each other. In a loving community- It's not even just then about your needs. People just want to see you get the desires of your heart. He didn't need that car, but they were like, you know what? This person has taken care of us in such a way. Like he has made sacrifices for all of us. Like we care enough about this person. We just want to see them get something they really want.
2: And I think, sorry, real quick, as you said that, I was thinking the idea that fights against that is people thinking like you said you know if, if love is our currency you don't have to worry about what food like if you're gonna have a meal or if you're gonna have shelter people would be like but what if it's not the food i want and what if it's not the shelter i want right like that's yeah. the mentality that fights against it because like okay fine yeah i might have a coat but it's not the coat that i wanted and it's like no if love is our currency watch you will be surprised you will end up getting the things that you had desired, the dreams that you had. It's not like you'll get a bare minimum of something and you yeah, better be happy. Yeah. Like, I think, again, if you believe in God, God hears that and finds the people to supply that for you. You just gotta, you gotta let go of that sort of mentality and that mindset that if you aren't the one going out and getting it for yourself, nobody is ever gonna give you anything. No one's
0: ever but going see, to supply yeah. if that's that. your mindset, then- it won't happen. You're never doing that for anyone yeah. else.
1: Oh, that actually brings me to one of the last points that I wanted to make. Um, Kara said like this is a mentality that works against love being a currency. And another mentality that, I mean, again, we're I feel like we're talking about our dad a lot. But like something that our, our dad has kind of explained to us or like talked against is the zero sum game. Yeah. Um, And I think that's a huge mentality that is keeping us in this space. And for those who don't know, um, just a definition really quick. So It's in economic theory, a zero sum game is a mathematical representation of a situation in which an advantage that is won by one of two sides is lost by the other. So to make it make sense, like basically, let's say you have a cake, right? You have one cake. So if someone gets three slices of this cake, that means there's only two slices left. And then if Let's say there's five slices. Okay, <laughs> okay. I was like, "What kind of cake?" A cake. <laughs> it's, a about cake.
0: Yeah, like, it's a small cake. I thought about to say seven slices.
1: it's a right. small it's it's cake, all right. It's a small cake. But no, so basically, it's just the the idea that whatever you take, there's only this much left. So then, let's say there's two slices of cake left, and let's say there's three people. So now they're fighting over these two slices of cake because there it's a zero sum, like it has to equal zero at the end of it. Like there's not enough to go around. Basically the idea that there's not enough to go around, basically. And that's a, a mentality that I think each person has to re rehash in their mind. Cause it's so easily, again, we talk about being in a capitalistic society, but it really is so easy to think that way.
0: Even if you're not, even if you don't feel like you're coming from that perspective, it's just so easy to. Cause our society teaches us to think that way so that it almost feels like common sense. Yeah. So you don't even notice that you're thinking that way. Um, another way I've heard it put is like people referring to that as a scarcity mindset. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There is not enough. And if I don't get mine I, I will have yeah. nothing. Then
2: it's all about self-preservation. But
0: the interesting thing is it takes someone being willing to end up with nothing mm-hmm. that inspires others to give. Like when you see someone who's willing to make that kind of sacrifice, something in us, yo, Oh my god! Perfect example. I'm sorry, but this is like the perfect example. Ken, the restaurant Ken in New Orleans, they're like oh, a ramen yes. place. Those I love them. They are them. real ones. they are a restaurant in New Orleans. They recently got robbed, and the people who robbed the place only took food. So it was very clear that it wasn't like they were trying to get money oh, or something for context, like that. This
1: was right after a hurricane in New Orleans recently. Yes. And so, the power was out so people didn't have But this the, didn't,
0: this didn't, this didn't happen. Like this was recently. Yeah, this was like a oh, few days recently. ago. Oh, yes. okay.
2: Now I know some people are probably still without power, I'm sure.
0: Yeah, there's, I mean, are still suffering from mm-hmm. the effects. But the people just stole food. So they posted on Instagram and said, you know, a lot of people have been asking about this. No, we're not pressing charges. We're not filing anything because we understand that food insecurity is a real issue in our community. We care about the community and we can't, Say this is an issue in one breath, and then try to basically punish punish someone for being desperate enough to steal food in the other breath. Like we can't, because I
2: think that's a conflict. They have also been basically feeding people, right? the homeless, yeah. After
1: and and also after a hurricane, they did like give out free food to help
0: people who were without power. Exactly. So they're like, we can't care about this issue on one hand, and then punish people who are suffering from this issue and another. But what was so inspiring is like in the comments of that post, there were then people like, hey, how can I donate to you guys to cover the money that you all lost from this robbery? Because we love you. We want to support your business. And we understand food insecurity is real. We understand why you're not pressing charges, but we also want to support you guys. And I'm like, that's the currency of love yeah. right there. I don't
1: know. It just makes me emotional. Like, I'm actually not I'm gonna not gonna cry but I do anytime I hear stories like that it is just like gosh like that like to realize that there is still love in this world like yeah it's just so beautiful like it sounds corny but like it's so beautiful but um yeah I think that's a beautiful note to end on yeah. um but before we end officially in this episode this has actually been I think a good episode but uh, i think it's slightly longer if yeah <laughs> it's a little all little over the place bit.
0: we weren't yeah. as prepared as usual yeah
1: but that's okay i hope you guys still enjoyed and rock with us. but if you have been rocking with us, then you know we have to end this off with our last segment and this segment is get a clue and in the segment one of us will talk about an issue that we have either dealt with in the past or one that is currently ailing us then share some advice on how we can overcome it today zoe will be sharing
0: with us all right guys So as we've mentioned in this episode, I worked in corporate for a few years and I remember initially I didn't have much of a voice because I'm the type of person I like to know what it is that I'm what I'm doing, um, how to do my job well. So I'm not the type of person to fake it till you make it. And I told my manager that I'm like, you know what? I'm not confident in my position right now, but I will be. And so you're going to notice, like, I'm not going to seem confident in everything or I'm not going to pretend. Right. Like it's going to take me a little a minute to get my footing. But once I do, I will be confident because I will have invested the work and I will, you know, know that I know what I know in essence. So it took me some time to kind of get to that place. And I don't know if they believed me because initially they were like, you, you got to be more confident. You got to be more assertive and stuff like that. I'm like, it'll come. So it did eventually come. And so once I got to the point where I was confident, I actually ended up helping out in like training sessions, helping to train new employees because they saw like, oh, wait, like she really does like know what she's doing. And so I, I kind of formed a lot of relationships with like newer people. And in a weird way, I started to feel like a little responsible for them, like when they would come into the company and would be having a hard time. And I knew that I helped train them. So I knew that. They were trying to do a a good job like they were doing their due diligence, but they would experience like this weird pushback from management or be put in these weird, uncomfortable positions, or there would be pressure for them to sacrifice their quality to meet certain metrics. And it just wasn't right. And while I had experienced these things personally, it was one thing for me to experience them. It was another thing to see so many people experiencing it. And so kind of by default, I ended up becoming uh, an advocate in a way for our team. And I would bring up a lot of issues to management personally. And I can honestly say I felt justified in bringing these concerns to management because at the end of the day, I knew that I was doing my job well. And so I knew I was doing my part and I wanted them to do theirs. I wanted them to do their part to make it a good working environment for everyone. And one thing I noticed in that, I felt like there were people behind me and um, like, I definitely felt like a sense of camaraderie in us bringing like these issues to management. But there were a couple people I noticed that they were all in when it came to like advocating for themselves or better conditions. But then if they were in certain situations where they had a little more power they would behave no differently than management. And so I realized like, oh wait, there are some people, they can realize how messed up the system is when it negatively impacts them. But the moment they benefit from it, they're willing to throw all of that out the window. And we touched on this earlier in the podcast, but my advice to people would be, when you're in these situations, yes, absolutely. Advocate for yourself, advocate for others, be, a positive impact in whatever role that you're in but also realize that it goes beyond just the situation where you're the victim in a sense like when you're in a position of power or you if you're in a position where you're benefiting from it we have to be willing to sacrifice that for the sake of what we know is right um, for those who don't benefit from this situation at all. And so that's something I feel like I had to learn the hard way because I thought, oh, we are all in this together. We're all advocating for change. But I realized for some people, they only want it changed for themselves. And so as I'm going into being like a business owner and having a business for myself, I understand, I realize that's something I have to fight against within myself as well. And before I take on employees or have people that are dependent on me, I have to be willing to make those tough decisions and be willing to sacrifice for what it is that I believe in. And so my advice to anyone out there is basically always self-evaluate. Realize what part you might play in a system and have a level of awareness that allows you to change where you can and to make a difference where you can. But yeah, that's that's my two cents on the matter. That's my good clue.
1: Love it. Love it. it.
2: All right, so that is the end of this episode of All the Calamity. Thank y'all so much for tuning in and listening and following us. So if you want to keep up with our podcast, please go to our Instagram at all the Calamity. Give us a follow, make sure to interact, like our posts, look at our stories, and don't forget for our stating so segment, we will have a poll on our Instagram where you can vote for which story you like the most and you can see which one is winning, which one is losing. But yeah, keep listening. We'll have another podcast episode out coming soon. We'll have some sneak peeks on our Instagram. Thank y'all so much for listening. Don't forget to download our podcast wherever you are listening listening to it on Please download our podcast. Tell your friends to download it. Tell your uncles, your aunties, everybody. Tell them to download it. Give us a listen. Give us a follow. And thank you all so much. Bye. We're
1: out. Bye. Until next time.